KALA and St. Ambrose University sports fans, welcome back to yet another episode of KALA HD2 106.1's Schistel Speak Sports. I am Ryan Schistel. Today is November 3rd, 2022, so this makes this week's episode the first episode of the month, and it was yet another beautiful day around the campus of St. Ambrose University and the Quad Cities area. High 60s to low 70s was in the forecast today, so a beautiful day. Saw people in a wider range of clothes from t-shirts and shorts to light sweatshirts and sweatpants. So a little bit of weather for anybody and whatever people like, which is just absolutely perfect for this time of the year in early November. In this evening's episode, there is quite a bit to unpack. St. Ambrose has a few sports entering their conference tournaments or wrapping up their regular seasons, and a few sports are just about ready to start up their seasons for the, you know, the winter months of the academic calendar here at St. Ambrose. So without further ado, let's get right into the action, starting off with women's soccer. The women's soccer team comes into this episode with an overall record of 12 wins, 3 losses, and 3 ties for a 75% win percentage, and then a conference record of 10 wins, 1 loss, and 2 ties for a conference win percentage of 84.6%. The St. Ambrose women's soccer team ended their regular season on a 4-game winning streak. When it all is said and done, St. Ambrose has gone 7-0-1 at home, and then 5-3-2 on the road. So, like I said, the St. Ambrose women's team ended on a four-game winning streak. Last week's episode was, you know, uh, in last week's episode, I talked about the games against Trinity International and Governor State, both of which the Bees won, and then this past week, the Bees won two more games, starting off with a game that was at Bellevue in Nebraska, where the Bees won Three goals to one. Bellevue jumped out to a lead in the first half, putting up their only goal of the game. That goal was scored in the 38th minute by Emma Madej in, like I said, the 38th minute, and it was Bellevue who took a lead one to nothing into the half. Then, fresh out of the half, it was Caitlin Brunson in the 57th minute to knock the game up at one apiece. Her shot and goal was assisted by Taylor DeSplinter. Then, in the 70th minute, Taylor DeSplinter put in a goal of her own. This shot was unassisted to make it 2-1 in favor of the Bees. Then, Caitlin Brunson put in her second goal of the game for the Bees in the 79th minute, making it 3-1, in which that was the final score of the game. Bellevue, who was receiving votes coming into this game, put up four total shots against the Bees. Two of them were on goal. Rachel let the all-star goalie for this Bees team was a 50% save percentage, allowing one goal, saving one shot. St. Ambrose took six total shots in this game, two in the first half and four in the second half. Out of their six total shots taken, all six were put on goal. Jenna Morrow, the goalie for Bellevue, also had a 50% save percentage, allowing three goals and saving three. Both goalies went all 90 minutes of the game in what was just an absolutely amazing game out of both teams. Then the Bees had to close out their regular season on the road at Calumet in East Chicago. In that game, it was a bit of a blowout, if I do say so myself, in favor of the Bees, where the Bees won 13 to nothing. 
the Bees put up 10 goals in the first half and then put up three more in the second. The Bees had goals starting early in the third minute with Adriana Latham putting in the first goal of the game. Then Kendall Wendt scored in the ninth minute and the 14th minute to add on the Bees' second and third goals of the game. Taylor DeSplinter scored just a few minutes later in the 16th minute to make it 4 to nothing before Haley Wilson tacked on two more goals to make it 6 to nothing in the 17th and 26th minute. Then Grace Kuchar in the 27th minute put in the B's 7th goal and then Taylor DeSplinter put in three straight goals in the 35th, 36th and 37th minute to make it 10 to nothing going into the half. Fresh out of the half, in the first four minutes of play in second half action, Kendall Went put in yet another goal, making it 11-0. Then Adriana Latham, the girl who got scoring started early for the Bees, put in her second goal of the game at the 60-minute mark. Genevieve Boyer then finished off the scoring for the Bees in the 66th minute, making it 13-0. So when all is said and done, Adriana Latham had two goals, Grace Kuchar had one, Kendall Went had a hat trick at three, Taylor DeSplinter with four goals, Haley Wilson with two goals, and Genevieve Boyer finished it off with that one goal of the game. In total, the Bees took 30 shots in the game, putting 19 of them on goal. So out of those 19 shots, obviously 13 go in, 6 get saved by Calumet, so a very wide margin there in favor of the Bees, which is something that they look to keep going with this season. In the game, Calumet took zero total shots in the game, so it was pretty easy going for the Bees goalies. Rachel Ouellette played the first half of action before she was pulled out just to save her energy. And again, obviously she faced zero shots on goal. And then Molly McLaughlin came in for the second half of action, for the Bees. Again, no shots had to be saved, so a great job by the Bees' defense as well to really get things going and make sure that the game stayed a shutout in what was blowout fashion. So, coming up for this Bees women's soccer team, all they have to look forward to now is the CCAC tournament. The Bees will take on Judson University in the CCAC quarterfinals here in Davenport at the St. Vincent's Athletic Complex. That game will be played this Saturday, November 5th, with kickoff starting at 12 o'clock noon. It should be a great game for the Bees and Judson. The last time these two teams played, the Bees bested Judson at home 4 to nothing. And then outside of that game, that is the only time the two teams played each other all year. So the Bees do have a bit of an advantage coming in against Judson. But when it comes down to it, you know, in conference tournaments, all the records are kind of thrown out the window. This is sort of a second season for the women's soccer team as they look to win the conference and move on to the national tournament. And this is definitely a team that I think could get it done. You know, when you have goal scorers like Caitlin Brunson and Taylor DeSplinter who seem to be putting themselves on the stat sheet every single game, you know, those two are doing something right. Mary Evans always getting assists in the game. Rachel Ouellette has been unbelievable in goal this year for the Bees. So I'm very excited to see how this game turns out between St. Ambrose and Judson in the CCAC quarterfinals. The next sport I have to talk about is men's basketball. And basketball is the, this is the first time basketball is being talked about 
on this show this year for either the men's or women's team, and both teams just got their seasons started off earlier this week. Starting with the men's team, the men's team is officially 1-0 on the year, coming off of a win yesterday, November 2nd, or Wednesday, against Mount Mercy at the Lee Loman Arena here on the campus of St. Ambrose University. In that game, the Bees bested Mount Mercy 80-73. to The Bees put up 39 points in the first half, which they went into the half leading 39-34, to and then the Bees beat out Mount Mercy in scoring in the second half, 41 to 39. Scoring for the Bees was led by Will Spriggs, who was definitely the leader of this St. Ambrose team. Spriggs had 22 points, as well as five rebounds and three assists. He also added a steal onto his stat line. The next highest scorer was Andrew Morrissey, who had 19 points with eight rebounds and no assists, but he had a block. Outside of that, almost every B scored in this game with Javen Jones scoring 8 points, Grant Mason scoring 9, and Kieran Farrell scoring 2. Those are the 5 starters for the Bees in their season opener. Outside of that, it was a great defense or it was a great bench performance, I should say, for St. Ambrose as the team had 20 points off the bench. So, when it is all said and done, the Bees shot 50.8% from the field with a 21.4 percentage from beyond the arc. The Bees also had a 74% line from the free throw line, so a great job by this Bees team to start their season off early. Head coach Ray Shevlin recently picked up his 700th win of his career last year for St. Ambrose, and St. Ambrose had a losing record last year when it came to men's basketball. They finished off the year 13-16 and 16 last year, and Coach Shevlin has all the faith in his team. He's made a few you know, key contributions to this team throughout his time at St. Ambrose, and he's got this team this season with some very high expectations. So I'm very excited to, you know, to see how this men's team performs, see how much they can improve off of last year. And starting off with an early win against a team in Mount Mercy, who is very good, is the right way to start things off. Coming up for this men's basketball team, they will be traveling to Missouri Baptist this Saturday, November 5th, with a tip-off time of 4 o'clock p.m. The team will be playing in St. Louis, Missouri at the Carl and Dolores Petty SRC. Outside of that game, the Bees will return home this Monday, November 7th, against Clark, the game tips off at 7.30 once again from the Lee Loman Arena. Just like the men's basketball team, the women's basketball team is also freshly in action this year. Like the men's team, the women's team is 1-0 on the year. The women's team recently faced Viterbo this past Sunday in a game that the Bees won 66-57. to the Bees outscored Viterbo in the first and fi- in the first and fourth quarters, pardon me, but Viterbo barely outscored the Bees in the second and third. However, the Bees are able to come out on top. In this game, it was Janie Prestigard, the big name from last year, who put up 20 points. She also had 12 rebounds and no assists. She was the highest scorer for the Bees. And then Kylie Robleski, yet another big name, from last year's team, had 14 points, 14 rebounds, and one assist. 
So both of those girls and Janie Prestigard and Kylie Robleski pick up double doubles in their season debuts for the Bees. Outside of that, Mel Stewart put up four points with three rebounds and five assists. She also added on a steal to her stat line. Anna Plummer had nine points, six rebounds, and two assists. And then it was Abby Longquist who had zero points but four rebounds and four assists for the starting five of the Bees. Then out of the three reserves that got into the game, Caroline Cool had five points, Abby Walter had seven, and Caitlin Thole had seven. So a nice job out of the reserves or the bench players to come in and put up 19 points for this woman's team. The Bees women's team shot 34.3% from the field, 18.8% from beyond the arc, and then an 88.2 percentage from the charity stripe, a.k.a. the free throw line. So it's just it's going to be a great season this year for both the men's and women's team. Us at KLA between myself, my boss David Baker, David Meyer, another one of these sports broadcasters, we've recently started to sit down and really plan out some of the games that we want to get done for both the women's and men's basketball teams here at St. Ambrose. A few of the games that we're looking at are coming, you know, just when the football season wraps up. Another game that we're definitely looking into is the game that the Bees will play on December 22nd, which is a Thursday. That game is played at Drake. And although we're going to be away on Christmas break, we thought it'd be cool if, you know, David and I can come back and maybe travel with the basketball team and the men's team to a D1 game and, you know, just kind of see what that D1 experience is like. Now, that game against Drake is just an exhibition right before Christmas, but nevertheless, it'd still be very cool to get that D1 experience in for David's sake and myself because, you know, at the NAIA level, you're not getting that NCAA Division One, you know, kind of status every single game. So it should be cool. That is going to do it for the first half of the show. Coming up after this short two- to three-minute halftime break, I'll be back with more SAU sports. I'm Ryan Schistel, and you're listening to Schistel Speak Sports on KALA HD2 106.1. Don't go anywhere because this is the place to be on this beautiful Thursday evening. Imagine you're in a large white room in the midst of a party. You look around and see everyone is wearing the same dull styles of clothes. You notice that they're all eating the same foods and drinking the same drinks. In fact, everyone pretty much looks the same and talks in the same way about the same things. The sameness of everyone overwhelms you, and you walk out in search of a livelier party. But every place you go is the same. Our lives can be a colorful celebration by appreciating the diversity of others. We're all diverse, whether it's in our race, religion, or physical challenges. Diversity is you and me. Celebrate diversity in our community. A message from the Quad Cities Mayor's Media Roundtable. Hi, this is Coolio. I have it, you have it, we all have it. It's called blood. And every three seconds, someone needs blood. Each year, four million people need blood transfusions. You can help by becoming a blood donor. It's fast, simple, and safe. One donation from you can save up to three lives. 
Be a lifesaver. Call 1-866-FROM-YOU. That's 1-866-376-6968. Toll free to find out where you can donate and save a life today. I did it for my niece. Ashley was eight when my sister was arrested for drugs. Being separated from her mom was hard enough. I didn't want Ashley to have to live with a whole new family, too. So I decided to step up. I became a foster parent. Knowing I could help my niece succeed, that's the reason I did it. What would be your reason for doing foster care? Find out how you can make a difference and call Iowa Kids Net at 800-243-0756 or visit iowakidsnet.com. What's it like? What's it like? It's lonely. It's really lonely. I miss my brother. I miss my brother. I'm surrounded by other people, but it's not the same. I've got other people around me, but it's not the same. It's pretty scary, but I don't let it it's rattle me. It's pretty scary around here, but I don't let it rattle me. You always have to watch your back. There's no one to watch my back. I spend my whole day worried who's out to get me. I'm always wondering who's out to get me. But I can take care of myself. But I can take care of myself. No matter what, I'll keep my head no up. No matter what, I'll keep my head up. It's not like I have a choice. It's not like I have a choice. This will all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. This will all be over in five years, three months, and 17 days. Go to jail for a gun crime, and your family serves a sentence with you. Gun crimes hit home. A public service announcement brought to you by Iowa's Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Bring the action. When you hear this in the club... You gotta check turn it up. You gotta check turn it up. You gotta check turn it up. When we up in the club, all eyes on us. All eyes on us. All eyes on us. See the boys in the club. They watching us. They watching us. They watching us. Your station for St. Ambrose University Sports. K-A-L-A Davenport. Welcome back into the studios of KALA on the campus of St. Ambrose University. This is the second half of Schistel Speak Sports on KALA HD2 106.1, and I'm your host, Ryan Schistel. Just like the first half of the show, this second half is pretty action-packed, so let's start it right back up where we left off. In the first half, I discussed women's soccer who was getting ready to start up their CCAC tournament. In the fir- and then I talked about the men's and women's basketball teams who just got their seasons underway. Now, let's start it off with a little St. Ambrose football talk. Coming into this episode, St. Ambrose has dropped yet another game, moving their overall record to two wins and six losses on the year. That means that they have a 25% win percentage. In the conference, the Bees are 2-3 and three for a win percentage of 40%. Now, the Bees are on a three-game losing streak right now, and this week it will not get much easier as the Bees play the number 11 team in the nation, the St. Xavier University Cougars. However, the Bees do have a 1-3 home record and then a 1-3 away record, so it'll be interesting to see how this team matches up against the number 11 team in the nation. I'll have a little bit more on that in just a second, but let's take a look at how the game went last week for your Fighting Bees against the number 15-ranked Roosevelt University Lakers. St. Ambrose dropped this game to Roosevelt by a score of 17-3. Roosevelt was held scoreless in the first quarter, as were the Bees, 
but then Roosevelt took a 3-0 lead into the half off of a field goal. Coming into the third quarter, Roosevelt had added a touchdown to make it 10-0 before the Bees kicked in a field goal by Joe Namio to make it 10-3. Pardon me. Then in the fourth quarter, when it was yet another back-and-forth quarter, Roosevelt was just able to add in a touchdown off of a pick-six thrown by Tom Casey to make it 17-3. Now, although it was 17-3, I mean, this is arguably the best game that St. Ambrose defenses has played against what I would consider a true opponent. Obviously, St. Ambrose had blown out both Trinity International and Judson earlier this year, but those two teams just have not been having a good year at all, and neither of the Bees. I mean, nobody can hide from the fact that the Bees have not had a good year this year, but you know what? This was the first true team that I think the Bees have played where the defense was all-out unbelievable. So just a few statistics from last week's game against Roosevelt. In total, the Bees picked up five first downs in the entirety of the game. They picked up three first downs in the air, and then they had one first down rushing the ball. Then the Bees were lucky and had a first down based off of a penalty. The Bees also went one for 15 on third down efficiency, which is only 7%, and then they were 0 for 1 on fourth downs. The Bees had 86 yards of total offense, just an unbelievably low number for this Bees team. So they're definitely going to have to pick it up this week. But here's what really stands out to me in this game. Like I said, the Bees had five first downs in the entirety of the game, which, you know, could always be worse, but they gave up seven sacks for a loss of 43 yards of total offense. If you're taking more sacks and you're picking up first downs, something is just incredibly wrong. And as much as I don't want to point fingers I feel like a big part of it came from the offensive line group in last week's game. It was the second straight week where the offensive line was just kind of folding and giving Tom Casey absolutely no time to get a pass off in the pocket. The holes were collapsing right away on guys like Caden King, Ray Boye, Tanalage Hall. And this offensive line earlier in the year was playing just so unbelievable that I thought that they were really the strong point of the St. Ambrose offense. But these past couple weeks... It's just not been the case, and they seem like they've been really the low point of this offense. Tom Casey went 12 for 19 passing for 81 yards. He had a long of 36 and then zero touchdowns and one interception that was ran back for a touchdown. Caden King, Ray Boye, and Tanalajal had carries in the game. Caden King had the longest rush of the game for 14 yards. He also had 31 total yards of total running with an average of 2.4 yards per carry. The most receptions in the game for the Bees came by way of Justin Wright. He had four receptions for 15 yards and a long of eight. Yemi Ward was the next best receiver with three receptions for 52 yards, which is an average of 17.3, and a long of 36. Like I said, Joe Namio went one for one on field goal attempts, He had a 25-yard field goal that added on the only three points of the game for the Bees. Now, the guy that I gave my MVP of the game to in last week's contest was Jackson Huntsicker. Huntsicker had 11 punts in the game, and out of those 11 punts, he racked up 431 yards for an average of 39.2 per punt, a long of 45, and he was able to put four of those punts inside the 20-yard line. So Huntsicker has gotten the Bees out of a few really tricky situations so far in this season. But 
this was probably his best game so far. Now, defensively for the Bees, there were a few pretty good performers like Rolando Sepulveda, the freshman linebacker who led the team with 12 total tackles, nine of which were solo and three assisted. But when it all is boiled down, I think the best Bees defender was John Gooch, the freshman defensive back. Gooch had two total tackles, both of which were solo, but he also had two broken up passes, which led the team. And then he had the lone interception of the game for the Bees that he was able to run back for 39 yards and set up the Bees offense for that field goal out of Namio. So it was a good performance out of a lot of these Bees defenders, but Gooch just probably had the best game in my opinion. So credit to him, that was his varsity debut, and he really showed out and showed that he's a guy that you're going to really want to look out for, whether it's on the live stream or here on KALA, while we're doing these Fighting Bees football games. Now, another thing to note, last week we saw Joey Sprinkle on the sideline in full pads. Sprinkle was the starter week one instead of Tom Casey, but went down in the first half with an injury And last week was the first week he was suited up, did not get in the game at all, which is understandable. I guess he'd only had a few days of practice in him. But it will be interesting to see if the Bees roll with Tom Casey for the rest of this year or if we'll see Sprinkle take the reins and try to salvage the rest of this season. So like I said, St. Ambrose will be traveling to St. Xavier for a 1 o'clock kickoff this Saturday, November 5th from Bruce R. Deaton Memorial Field in the south side of Chicago, Illinois kind of a homecoming game for myself as St. Xavier is in the same neighborhood that I've grown up in so I'll be able to spend some time with my family this weekend go check out my high school's playoff game shout out to Brother Ice High School on the south side of Chicago so you know it's it's going to be a really fun game and this is one of those games that you know going into it probably not that much confidence for St. Ambrose against in number 11 St. Xavier but You know, the Bees have pulled off some crazy upsets in past years, and if they can pull off one now, it'll be a big hit to St. Xavier on the year. Outside of the St. Xavier game, the Bees will close out their season on November 12th, which is a home game that Saturday. It will kick off at 1 o'clock p.m. from Brady Street Stadium. I'll have more on that game coming up next week after the St. Xavier game, where I'll also have stats and scores from Saturday's game. David Meyer and I will be on the call from that game from the south side of Chicago, and I'm, I'm just really excited. Um, David and I have been doing so many of these games together now that, you know, we've kind of got it down to a science of what our strong suits are with one another. Outside of that, for those who didn't know, we also broadcasted the JV football game last weekend against Augustana College just across the river in Rock Island, Illinois. The Bees won that game in a low-scoring defensive battle, 12-7, to with the Bees scoring a touchdown very late in the fourth quarter to seal the deal. And then the Bees had two key interceptions in the fourth quarter. One came in with about a minute and a half left to solidify the win for the Bees. You know, it was a scrappy game between the Quad City rivals, and it was a game that I don't think could have gone better for the Bees as they moved to 7-0 and on the year for JV football. They close out their season this set this Sunday, pardon me, November 6th at 2 o'clock p.m. at Clark University. They play Burroughs Field in Dubuque, Iowa, for those who may be interested in making the trip. 
Now, the last sport I have to talk about in this week's episode is women's volleyball for St. Ambrose. St. Ambrose has an overall record of 21 wins and 8 losses on the year for a win percentage of 72.4 and then a conference record of 12-3 for 80%. This St. Ambrose team most recently lost a killer to St. Xavier at home in three games to two, so the game goes all five sets of the match. The Bees lost the first game by heartbreaking fashion 25-23 to before bouncing back and taking the second and third games 25-14 to and then 25-16. to Then St. Xavier came back in the fourth game to win 25-19, to dotting it up at two games apiece in the match. Then St. Xavier was just able to pull away in the final game of the match, winning 15-8 to and escaping with the five-game match 3-2 to against the Bees. And had the Bees won that game, they probably would have won the conference for the CCAC Women's Volleyball. However, I believe that that win for St. Xavier kind of solidifies them on top of the conference. Today, St. Ambrose will be playing Olivet Nazarene in their final regular season matchup at home at the Lee Loman Arena. That game gets set to start up in just about a minute at 7 o'clock, again from Lee Loman Arena, and it is the Bees versus the Tigers. I'm probably going to make my way over there. i got friends on both teams, whether they be from home or just here on campus, so pretty excited to see that game. Outside of this game, for for the Bees against Olivet Nazarene, the Bees will have their CCAC tournament kick off on next Tuesday, November 8th, from the Lee Loman Arena. It's just to be determined who the Bees will play. It is the CCAC tournament quarterfinals, and like I said, the Bees, with how good they've been, will have a home game at Lee Loman. So I highly encourage fans to kind of keep up with this women's volleyball team and see if you can make it out to support the Bees. So just a few shout-outs before I close out this episode. Meredith Siebers won the CCAC Women's Volleyball Attacker of the Week this week, and then the fall season ended with the NAIA Championship preview for golf. Outside of that, there were a few more awards to hand out for the Bees, one of which was Taylor DeSplinter winning the Offensive Player of the Week for Women's Soccer in the CCAC, and you know what? It's just it's going to be a great time to close out the fall sports around St. Ambrose, and then really pick it up in the winter sports going into the spring sports for St. Ambrose. But for now, that is all the time I have, and all the sports I have to talk about for St. Ambrose University in this week's episode. You have been listening to Schistel Speak Sports here on KALA HD Two One Hundred Six Point One. I'm the host of the show, Ryan Schistel. You can catch past episodes of this show on KALA's streaming services like Spotify. Just look up Schistel Speak Sports on Spotify and it'll pop right up. Schistel is spelled S-C-H-I-E-S-T-E-L for those who do not know. Don't forget to tune in this Saturday for the, fu- for the football matchup between your St. Ambrose University Fighting Bees and the 11th ranked St. Xavier University Cougars. Again, that game will be found here on KALA HD2 106.1. Have a great rest of your Thursday afternoon. Have a great November for all of you KALA listeners and Sporting Bees faithful. I'm Ryan Schistel. Have a great rest of your night. Go Bees. I'll be back next week.
walked an empty house. So hold my hand, I'll walk with you, my dear.